in Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending March the 3rd, while U.S. cotton producers have struggled with low cotton prices and high production costs the past three years. The National Cotton Council's 2017 Annual Planting Intention Survey shows U.S. cotton acreage is expected to be 11 million acres this year. That's almost 10% more than last year. And Dr. Jody Campici, NCC's Vice President of Economics and Policy Analysis, looks at the reasons for the expected increase. In the Mid-South, producers are more responsive to changes in relative prices of competing crops due to the favorable growing conditions and high yield potential for a variety of crops. Lower corn prices and high cotton yields are influencing cotton acreage. In the West, low corn prices and expectations for increased water availability are influencing cotton acreage. In the Southwest, low wheat and corn prices are the main factors influencing more cotton. In addition, much of the Southwest region had above average yields in 2016, which could encourage more acreage in 2000. Dr. Campici says planted acreage is just one of the factors that determines supplies of cotton and cotton seed. Weather, insect pressures, and soil conditions play a significant role in determining crop size. However, since we do not attempt to forecast weather patterns, the standard convention is to assume yields in line with recent trends and abandonment consistent with historical averages. However, it is important to remember the volatility around projected production given the uncertainty of weather patterns. With abandonment set at 12% for the U.S., harvested area is 9.7 million acres. Using an average 2017 yield of 830 pounds generates a cotton crop of 16.8 million bells, with 16 million bells of upland and 760,000 bells of VLS. Again, that was Dr. Jody Campici with the National Cotton Council. Well, we've talked before about a regulatory issue that the ag industry has been dealing with known as RICRA. National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Environmental Council Scott Yeager explains what this is and why it's an issue that cattle producers need to keep an eye on. RICRA is the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. It was a statute enacted by Congress in the 1970s to regulate solid waste landfills. Now, here's where it gets interesting. A federal court in 2015 opened the door for RICRA to apply to agricultural operations. So basically, in this case, the facts were there four dairies in uh, Yakima Valley, Washington, that had been applying nutrients to their land, and then that, those nutrients, the nitrogens and the phosphorus, were getting past the root zone in excess amounts. And then that led to groundwater having higher levels of nitrates. So a environmental group, activist group, sued those dairies, and one of their claims was using RICRA, which had been tried before but never had been successful because courts, for the most part, recognize that RICRA is not meant to regulate agriculture. But in this case, the judge sided with the environmental activist group and found that RICRA does apply to those dairies. And it opened a Pandora's box because now we have bad facts creating bad law that now has the possibility of impacting other producers out there who are trying to do the right thing. And remember that uh, application of manure and fertilizer to your crops is more of an art than a science. You can try to match the uh, what those crops need to the amount of fertilizer or manure that you're applying, but at the end of the day, some of those nutrients are going to get past the root zone. And the fact that this case opens up that you might be violating RICRA if that happens puts our members into, into a regulatory limbo because they might be found in violation of RICRA now just for applying manure and, and fertilizer to their crops. We can't have that. That's not what RICRA was designed by Congress to do. So we have an opportunity now by working with Congress and working through the administration to close the loophole on that. And there is a piece of legislation introduced by Representative Newhouse from Washington that would fix this issue. It's something we've been very supportive of, and we've been rallying support throughout Congress to get this legislation in front of Congress. 
Again, that was NCBA's Environmental Council, Scott Yeager. Tyron Spearman has this week's peanut price update. The National Posted Price on Peanuts stayed the same this week. $424.51 a ton for runners. No change on that price. On contract, still running about $375 per ton for new crop and old crop. There are some $375 per ton offered for the new crop. The average price on the shell peanuts still holding at $0.44 cents per pound on mediums and $0.45 cents on jumbos. Those are being sold overall. USDA also released this week the average price of peanuts that farmers receive for the month of January. It is .193 or $386 on the average ton. Now that is up from December. December was $356 per average ton. These numbers will be utilized in figuring out the price loss coverage payment for our farmers who have a peanut base on their farm next season. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast AgNet. Well, it was announced this past week that consumers will be able to get the sweet taste of Idalia onions a little earlier this year as a result of Georgia's mild winter. The Georgia Department of Agriculture has set Wednesday, April 12th as the official pack date for Vidalia onions. The early April date was recommended to Commissioner Gary Black during a grower meeting held this past week in the 20-county Vidalia onion growing region. Vidalia onions cannot be packed or sold prior to April 12th. That's established by the rules of the Georgia Department of Agriculture. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talks about weed control. Weed control is one of the major expenses in producing a crop. And the steady expansion of plants like pigweed make it even more costly. Here's one thing that makes it even harder. A study has shown that one reason for the steady expansion of pigweed, especially in the Mid-South region of our country, is wild birds. Most of what we call wild birds are migratory. They look for warm climates all year long. Ducks, for example. Well, now researchers are convinced that these migratory birds are partially responsible for the spread of pigweed, especially in the Mid-South region of our country. They find more than a few of these pigweed plants along river bottoms, and then they show up in nearby fields. So ducks, geese, and other seasonal wild birds could very well be the reason. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more from this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.